0: You're listening to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Um, it, it's been a week. It's been quite a week, actually, uh, since I last left you. I went to New York, and I went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and the Olympics began. And Phelps' face trended. Dennis Rodman broke his penis three times. And Sink reunited. And Donald Trump is still in hot water. And now I'm pumped and ready for another week of Hashtag No Filter. Last week, we heard from Team Trump with reasons to vote Republican. And this week, we're hearing from Team Hillary on why you should vote for the lady in blue. And I'm here to break it all down for you. And here to help me, I have Elite Daily's senior politics writer, John Haltzwanger.
1: Hey there, how's it going? Thanks did for I say me.
0: that right? You did. Haltzwanger? It has been
1: butchered so many
0: different ways, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not offended at this point. Awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's awesome to have you, and thank you for... for you came in studio. I always yeah. love when my guests get to come in studio.
1: I think it's... it's Doing phone interviews can just be a little awkward, so it's great to
0: have yeah. this, this face-to-face. So. No, I definitely love... And the energy and the vibe is totally different yeah. when it's in yeah. when it's face-to-face. So how long have you been a writer for Elite Daily? About two years now. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, It's been
1: quite a ride. Um, It's a lot smaller when I first joined. Uh, Then we got acquired. We grew a lot. um, And we've been doing a lot of exciting things this year. I I basically am still recovering from both the uh, RNC and the DNC. Yeah, you were at both of them. Yes, I was at both of them.
0: So were you there representing Elite Daily? Yes,
1: yes. Okay. and they were both very interesting. They were both chaotic in their own ways um, and exhausting. But, I mean, a lot of fun and quite a privilege to be at both. Um, but, you know, it's only been about a week and I'm still kind of have a little bit of
0: PTSD. So. <laughs> I can imagine. What yeah. was the vibe, the comparison between the two vibes? Um, you know, a lot of people have been
1: asking me this. and. and it, in terms of inside the actual like arena at the conventions i would say at the rnc it was kind of like this is the apocalypse and you must vote for trump like every <laughs> right, right. like america is burning and this is the only this orange faced man is the only thing that can save us right um the dnc was a bit more optimistic obviously it was hey guys things aren't perfect but they're not that bad either and we can make them better together um which was interesting it was kind of like the D- the Democrats were like the uber patriotic ones, really. Which yeah, which was strange. You know, it's it's they're the ones that are like America's awesome, we're right. exceptional, and normally that's kind of like the, Republicans the Republican thing. message. Yeah. But the Republican message was more like, look what Obama's done to this once right. great country over the, you know like you know Trump painted a very kind of apocalyptic negative picture of America that just quite frankly doesn't match with the reality or the facts. Do you feel like that's a common narrative amongst the Republican Party, though? I think it is. When a Democrat is in the White House, I think if yeah. a Democrat wasn't in the White House, they'd be saying, "Look be how different. much we've accomplished. Stick right. with us, guys." Right. Um, you know. But interestingly enough, outside of the actual convention hall, like there was a lot of protests at both. The protests at the RNC, they were a bit more discombobulated because you had everyone from like the guys that were very pro Second Amendment that were out there with their assault rifles that were pro Trump. But I also talked to guys that were extremely anti Trump and also open carrying with assault rifles. And they were kind of, there was one guy who was Muslim and he was kind of trying to show that, hey, Mm -hmm. it's not just white conservatives that can open carry and exercise their Second Amendment rights. Meanwhile, across the way from him was the very vehemently Islamophobic anti gay crew. And across from them was the Black Lives Matter anti police brutality. uh, And in the middle was the police just trying to keep the peace. Right. Um, And I actually think. Across the board, most people will agree that the police in Cleveland did a fantastic job uh-huh. um, de-escalating. They were very well trained before uh, all of the madness, um, so they they were prepared for chaos and 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 the Armageddon. But luckily, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, the DNC. Most of the protests were Bernie or Bust people that were really angry about the DNC leak and uh, you know not so happy with Hillary. Um, it wasn't really, you know, a diverse array of protesters. It was mainly like one group of protesters with a single goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the different vibes between the two.
0: Nice. Did you have a a, a
1: favorite speech? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I really thought that both of the Obamas brought it in terms of just like, hey— this country's pretty awesome. Like Michelle Obama's line about, I grew up in a house built by slaves and now I watch my beautiful black daughters play with their dog yeah. on the White House lawn. That's an emotional, that powerful line that kind of just light. like, yeah. oh my God, like I was in the arena when she said that and everyone was really emotional. Um, but I actually thought the one from uh, Kazir Khan, uh-huh. that, that, was, that ended up kind of being my favorite speech. Okay. Um, it was just so powerful. It touched on, I think, values that Americans across many different ideological lines can identify with. Um, you know, service, sacrifice, and I thought he really gave it to Trump, and obviously Trump flipped out and, and acted like the man-child he is. Yeah, acted uh, like in Trump the, in the wake of that, um, and and made the one mistake you don't as a presidential candidate. He attacked an American military family, and that's just a no-no on both sides. No, and
0: he's still in hot water about he, that. He's still
1: in hot water about that, and you know, I think Khan just gave such an. American speech and as John Oliver said he basically used an American founding document as a middle finger to Donald Trump. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was him. possible. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was really great. It was really great.
0: I almost feel like Trump's kind of reaching the point where I wouldn't be shocked if he really didn't see himself like really wanting the position after on kind of being like um i didn't really intend to make it this far so now i'm just going to try to burn every bridge that i can to hopefully not make it into office
1: yeah one of our comedy writers was just saying that trump has basically gotten to the point where yes he doesn't want the job and he's trying to tank like, his <laughs> oh, chances yeah.
0: as, as i mean that's what it
1: seems like he's really trying to do it as big but as possible like, crashing and burning. at this
0: point like you're too late in the game to try and yeah. crash and burn like
1: well and he's fueling that whole like conspiracy theory that he was in cahoots with the Clintons all along Uh, and i don't believe you know i don't want to give credence to that but like people are a lot of people are bringing that up like i was with some people last night that were bringing that up and i'm like i mean there's little to no evidence to support that theory but yeah i mean this election has been so crazy it's almost easy to believe anything at this point
0: right yeah i think my favorite speech from the rnc um was how touching melania trump's speech was Oh yeah, um, especially the first time I heard it, it really got me. But oh, then yeah. the second time, and she it was, it was all—it like, was
1: very original. She wrote yeah, everything herself. Everything herself. Everything. I loved, yes. it. and they
0: showed the interview of her, and she's like, "What did she say?" She's like, um, "I I didn't need to to to, const, to rehearse it because I wrote it my myself. It was re- it was really so well I only written. read yes. through it once, yeah. and I was ready to to say Michelle it. Michelle Obama should definitely take notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah." Okay, so let's get into um let's oh first our drink of the week is the Emancipation Punch from the Lincoln Restaurant. It's fresh brewed chamomile tea, lemon juice, clove syrup, lavender spice bitters, some dry gin, um, and lovers lover sprigs and lemon slices to garnish. I think that's supposed to say lavender sprigs. Uh what is it? Autocorrect may have may have switched yeah, that one up a bit. Kind um, of like
1: Trump in cities with t- instead of titties, or titties <laughs> instead of cities right? in that Detroit was, yesterday. That yeah, was, that was a nice that one. That was fun times. I mean, that was great. Thank you, Trump.
0: <laughs> you can get this Drink of the Week recipe and more at justplainzac.com. It's elegant. It's fancy. It's everything you'd expect from Hillary Clinton. It's a little dry and everything uh, grandma would appreciate in a cocktail. All right, let's talk about... Why you're voting Democrat? I mean, obviously, you're going to vote Democrat, but why you're voting Hillary? Because originally you weren't a Hillary supporter, right?
1: Yeah, I was a big Bernie guy. Um, You know, I I think Hillary is an exceptionally intelligent person. She's obviously extremely experienced. Um, She's a former first lady. She's a former uh, senator. She's a former secretary of state. Uh, She's just well versed in a wide array of topics. Uh, She's been in the spotlight for decades and yes, there have been some controversies and there have been some mistakes along the way. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, you know, as Obama said in his DNC speech, there's really never been a person more qualified. And on the opposing side, we have a candidate that's probably the most historically unqualified presidential candidate right. in history. I mean, the last time that any major party nominated somebody that had never held elected, elected office was Dwight D. Eisenhower, the man who defeated the Nazis. Uh, I, I mean... Like To uh, command the allied forces during World War II uh, requires, obviously, immense fortitude. You need to have knowledge of the political nuances of Europe and of being a military commander. Trump has none of that. Trump can't get through a speech without generating uh, a a controversy on national news like he did today when he essentially condoned the assassination of Hillary Clinton. Even if he was just joking, it's ridiculous that we're even having a conversation about whether or not he might he have He might that.
0: actually be yeah. the president of the United States. Exactly. Yeah, so, yes.
1: I don't think she's the perfect candidate, but I also don't think there's anything... There, I don't think there's such thing as the perfect candidate. Every right. candidate has flaws. I think Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are far more alike than they are different. They voted the same way 93% of the time in the two years they shared together in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is with her, Michelle Obama's with her, Barack Obama's with her, I'm with her as well, because of that. Mm-hmm. None of the former presidents that are still alive, and not the current president, are with Trump. The, yeah. the only major leaders that are with Trump are Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin, and that should speak volumes yeah, that, to people. Yeah,
0: that's a great endorsement right there, both of them are, star, are top-notch endorsements. Um, so you were at the DNC, so you saw when Bernie gave his speech... What was it like or what do you think of the response that a lot of the Bernie supporters gave when they booed him when he actually came out and endorsed her?
1: I get it. I get where you're coming from. I get that you're upset. I mean, presidential uh, uh, campaigns, the election cycle, it's inherently emotive. You invest a lot of emotions into it. If you were a delegate, I mean, you were working really hard for the past year or so to get this man elected. And this is coming after, you know, we just learned about the DNC leak. And it was like, it was kind of like, you know, the DNC leak, the news about this, it not only happens right before the DNC, but it happens kind of like when some Bernie supporters are kind of starting to feel like, okay, fine, like... She's not exactly who I want, but I'm fine. Right. I'm not, like, with her, but I'm fine with her. Yeah. And because Trump is just not the candidate for America. He's not the way
0: forward. He's not the candidate for any political office. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, <laughs> the,
1: the, then the DNC leak happens, and you're. I feel like a lot of the Bernie supporters felt like they were kind of kicked, you know, slapped in the face, kicked in the teeth. Right. And I get it. I don't think booing is the most productive way of expressing yourself. I didn't join them in the booze. I was a little embarrassed by the booze, um, but I get it. I mean, it's – it's. I don't – I'm not with the Bernie or Bust people that are like, Hillary's just as bad as Trump. Like, she's right. evil. Like, I'm sorry. See, I just
0: think – I want to know what the option – like, what what is your option at that point? If you hate them both completely, like – I think a lot of them are
1: considering voting for, uh, like, third-party candidates, a like Green Party candidate, Jill Stein. Well, actually, I interviewed her at, right. at, at, at the DNC, and she – she has a lot of interesting things to say, but let's be honest, history shows us and statistics show us that a third party candidate not has no shot of winning and voting for them in many ways is voting for Trump. You're giving your vote away. We're not going to see a lot of third party candidates. <laughs> They're just not going to be successful. And, 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 and it's it's going to cause problems in the end. Like it's not, it's it's giving your vote away to Trump more or less.
0: Right. So you've been following the election closely. You've been following both candidates. A question to throw at you, because it seems like a lot of the millennials were really big on supporting Bernie. They were not with Trump. And now some of them are having a resistance coming over to Hillary. Why do you think she's so unfavorable amongst the millennials? And what do you think she can do to kind of garner that vote?
1: I think it's a combination of factors. I think millennials, I mean, we grew up during the Bush administration. We grew up during the Great Decession. Our like, right. like our like, most formative moment was 9-11. I think, although I I know that we are a very optimistic uh, and giving generation, unlike many people paint us, Mm -hmm. I think we're quite a cynical generation. We don't trust the political establishment. We think the establishment on both sides has screwed us over. Um, And Hillary has been uh, associated with that for decades. Right.
0: Is that a fair argument or is it a bit... I think
1: I think it's a fair argument. I get it. I get where okay. people are coming from. But I also think that a lot of things have been accomplished through the political establishment. It's true. Um, th- th- there are pros and cons to the fact that America... You know, I think the bigger issue here is not Hillary, Hillary Clinton as much as it is uh, we need to overturn Citizens United. There's too much money in politics. You want to get the cynicism out of politics, get the money out of politics. That's true. And America isn't changed through any single election. And I think... People need to realize that. People, it takes time. Yeah, people kind of put all of their faith in one candidate, like we did with Barack Obama. A lot right. of us did that. We thought, "Oh my God, here comes change and hope, and and here comes America's first black president, and everything is going to change." And then th- there's economic stagnation well into his presidency, which isn't his fault. Right. But it's you know it's a slower road than people want. There's two there's two wars um, that he has to contend with. Um, and in some ways, pulling out, even though those were his election promises, created more problems um, than they solved. Um, but, I, you know, I think we need to realize that no single candidate, no single election is going to save America. Right. We have to look at the bigger picture. And I think. Hillary Clinton, to her credit, does a really good job of saying, hey, I know this isn't as sexy or exciting, but incremental <laughs> change is a really good way of, of, of moving forward. Right? It's a progressive way of moving forward. It's the way of actually getting things done. And I've gotten a lot of things done over the decades. That's true. I, like, redefined the role of being first lady. I mean, we all kind of know who was directing Bill in the first right, place. Right, right. Uh, I did a, a pretty go- good job as Secretary of State. I, was, I did a great job as a senator. I was instrumental in revitalizing uh, New York after 9-11. Um, I, I get people's issues with Hillary Clinton I get people's issues with her being associated with the establishment right but stop putting that all on her okay it's it's a bit it's a it's a wider system don't make her the sole representative of a system
0: right I think people look at it too narrow and they don't look at the big picture and the and in, in the long run Um and I, I want to touch on some of the issues that a lot of Americans and, and a lot of millennials, too, have with Hillary. Because we did this last week with Trump. Yeah. Um. I think the most important issue we covered with Trump was how ridiculous his hair and his tan are. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and also, maybe along
1: the lines with Hillary, people pay too much attention to what she's wearing. And... Exactly.
0: And they think she's too... Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So the first issue is many people feel that she is or has been very dishonest and continues to lie. It's funny, I actually um, emailed the guy that was on last week and asked him if there were any thoughts he wanted to share for this piece. And he all he had to say was, she lies and lies and lies and lies and lies. And I asked him for some concrete examples because I wanted to really include that. Um, and he didn't write back.
1: I mean, if you look at PolitiFact, which is a Pulitzer Prize winning fact checker, she has... A very high rating in terms of truthful statements in terms uh-huh. of standing by what she says, okay, has she flip flopped of course, but which politician hasn't and I think if we look at the big picture, we have to admit that America historically is an exceptionally misogynistic country, yeah, Hillary has been very consistent on one issue, and that is women 's rights okay it's It's a lot easier for a woman to be a trailblazer on women 's rights because those are women specific issues it's a lot harder for a woman in American politics to step forward and be a trailblazer on LGBTQ rights or other things that, you know, when the public isn't there yet, a woman come forward and and, and being the trailblazer is difficult. We've seen similar issues with Barack Obama in the beginning of his tenure being, uh, you know, a vocal, uh, you know, very vocal about racial issues because he's a black president, the first black president. and He has to be careful about what he says. And I think as a woman in politics who is at the forefront of politics, not just any woman, she's had to be careful about what she said over the years. And that is why maybe she waited until 2013 to, you know, come out with full vocal support for mm-hmm. gay marriage. Do I like the fact that Bernie in the 80s was signifying support for, thing, for you know, uh, for gay marriage and was leading gay pride parades in Burlington? Of course. And that's why right. he appealed to me, because I always thought, OK, he's the kind of guy who supported things before they were popular. But he's right. also a white male in America. It's, it's a lot true. easier for white males to come forward and say, I'm taking a stand on this right. than it is for minorities or women. That's true,
0: um, now, let's talk about only because nobody wants to shut up about it the emails and the whole issue with how do you feel about the issue with her emails? I don't is think, it is it enough to crucify her and to continue to bring it up? I don't think it's something we should sweep under the rug. I do think it kind of
1: exhibits that maybe she has a disregard for the rules, okay, um, and I do think it was an extremely. Uh, It was very negligent on her part, but at the end of the day, it's not half as bad as some of the things Trump is proposing and some of the things Trump has said. Um, And at the end of the day, there's no widespread evidence that anything deliberately malicious uh, or anything deliberately terrible occurred because this, this happened. I mean, yes, it's an issue. It's something we shouldn't sweep under the rug. You know, there was a great article in the New York Times the other day about how journalists this election are, are kind of giving themselves permission to throw, neut- throw neutrality to the wind because Trump poses a unique threat to American democracy. Mm-hmm. And this also, in a way, fuels Trump's uh, notion that the media is rigged or, like, you right. know, too far to the left, the liberal media. I do think that we all need to do a better job of, of holding her to account. Okay. I think that's fair. She is a presidential candidate. But Trump is making it really hard for us to pay attention to her when he says something ridiculous every single two hours. Or when
0: he goes you know? on, a, on a silly Twitter rant. I don't know how you can elect somebody as the president of the United States when they throw baby tantrums and, and go on a Twitter rampage. Yeah, no, I mean... And it's so hard yeah, because I yeah. wanted <laughs> to stay so unbiased. I really did, and I wanted to hear both sides of the argument, but I mean... When you're arguing that you should...
1: Deport 11.2 million people, rip families apart. You should yeah. ban Muslims from entering the U.S. When you're, you know, jokingly implying that Hillary should be shot, when you're insulting military families, you you just do not deserve to be in the no. public eye whatsoever. No, you know that
0: it, you deserve to have a reality television show on Bravo. That's what you get, yeah. and that's all the attention you need. Yeah. Okay, so last point, um, because we talked about her being dishonest. We talked about the emails. We talked about her flip-flopping on issues. Um, I think another really big concern is that a lot of people feel like she's in bed with big money. She's in bed with the big banks. They feel like you know that's kind of what dictates her decisions, and that's where her loyalty lies and not necessarily with the American people.
1: Well, I think we need to look at the history of the policy she supported, and I really don't think there's evidence to support that. But that said, I do think we need to, as a country, be concerned with how much influence money has in politics. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very juiced subsystem. I think, you know, this was obviously the issue that Bernie kind of campaigned on. This was the, this is what he had the most concern about was that, look, yes, uh, democracy seems to be for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very concerning. I mean, if you look at some of the the people in Congress, they've been there for decades and it's because they're great at raising money. These are the people that are really pulling the strings. Right. Right. Um, We also have to consider the fact that, hey, if you're going to criticize Hillary for taking the money from super PACs, whatever, for having close ties with Wall Street,
0: Barack Obama did the same thing. Right. I mean— And so have several other presidents before him.
1: Yeah. It's—like I said, stop blaming one person for the system. She's not the face of the system. Right. In many ways, Congress is the face of the system. Yes. And and to be fair, they're extremely unpopular with the American public across (laughs) partisan lines. But why do we keep reelecting them? Vote in the midterms or don't complain. Exactly. Vote in every election, or don't complain. Stop See, just focusing on the presidential election because it point. doesn't
0: matter as much as the midterms in many ways. Great point. So many people are quick to to tweet and to write and to yell and to protest, and yet there aren't as many people willing to go out and vote and actually use their power to 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 place a vote and to make a decision.
1: Yeah, you know, and a lot of millennials I, that I talk to. Like, you know, increasing millennial voter participation is something that I've been passionate about for a long time, because Mm -hmm. in the midterms, we comprise like 13 percent of the electorate. Yet we tie baby boomers for the largest percentage of the you know largest potential percentage of the electorate. We're voting at a fraction of our size. We could literally change the country if we participated in every election. And across the board, we've shown to have progressive values on essentially every major issue, even if we identify as Republican or Democrat on social issues. We're largely on the same page. Right. And yet we don't vote in local elections. We, we don't vote in midterms. We don't even vote in the primaries. Um, and here we are. We have the audacity to complain. The general election, the the presidential election is not the only election that matters. Right. And we need to, you know, part of my French, pull our heads out of our asses and realize that. And, 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 and that's true. Take action.
0: Yeah. That's true. If we have something that we're unhappy about, we still have the power to collectively come together and change that. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Yeah. So how do you think Hillary, if, if she were to become elected and if she were to become president of the United States, how do you think that would impact our country as a whole? I mean, you saw Barack Obama coming in and he was the first black president. How do you see our country changing with the first female president?
1: Well, you know, I think one of the best parts of the DNC was when she was officially nominated and she wasn't there yet, but she came on the screen and said, if there are any little girls still up late watching this, now you know that you too can be president. I think that's, that's immensely important. Moment. Yeah. I mean, that's an emotional moment for America. Um, I even tweeted that night. Like, I, I wouldn't care if it was a Republican female nominee. I am happy now that little girls, uh, uh, you know, because I don't identify that way ideologically. <laughs> I'm happy now little girls can know that, yes, it is possible, whatever you believe, for you to become president. I think this is a huge moment for America. I mean, we are so far behind in terms of female political representation. Afghanistan currently has more females in its legislature than we do, a higher percentage. Um, And that's not exactly a place where women have a a whole lot of rights. So um, we have a a long way to go. And I think that having Hillary as a female president, it is extremely symbolic and extremely important. I think that's important. Uh, Number two, I think she will really build on Barack Obama's accomplishments, Uh, I think she's extremely progressive on a a wide array of issues Um, and she's very knowledgeable. Yeah, she might not be the most inspiring figure, but even she's admitted that she's like, look, when Barack Obama and my husband campaign, they're magical. That's what they're good at. That's kind of what they're built to do. They're they're like the, the magical public speakers that inspire you. I'm always, I've been much better at not, you know, when when she said it's called public service, I'm much better at the service part. Right. And I agree with her. Yes, she is not the most inspiring speech uh, you know, orator. She's not great at speaking in public, but I think she gets the job done and I think she'll get it done for us. I I think she knows what she's doing. I think, you know, we're obviously not going to convince the people that are hardline Trump supporters to come over and vote for her. But if you're, you know, Bernie or bust, I think you really need to stop and consider what a trump presidency would do for you and if you're burning your bus and you're a white male you need to realize you have a lot less at stake than yeah. a lot of other people in this country with the president like trump and it's probably a lot easier for you to take that position uh, so you need to really think about how selfish you're probably being by taking that position because a lot of people cannot afford for donald trump to become president
0: that's very that's a great point and now to a to another great point how do you think Bill Clinton will do as our first <laughs> how did? what was it, first man? I don't know. Just put is him that, in a room full of you balloons and, and he'll be happy. Um I mean,
1: he's had some gaffes on the campaign trail. I think he's getting older. Um I'm not saying he's like senile or yeah, yeah. at this point. I th- you know, he obviously gave a very great speech. Um but I mean he's a smart man who when he left office America was in an sur- economic surplus. We had a good reputation worldwide. Uh Yes, I mean, there's obviously controversy surrounding the Clinton presidency, but I mean, wasn't it great when our biggest problem as a country was a sexual scandal,
0: not a a potential
1: demagogue becoming president? Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) who? who, Yeah, who? I'm not condoning what he did, but let's just like keep things in perspective. That's very true. Um, I think he'd do a fine job, and I think it'll be interesting to see uh, somebody who served as president uh, be the first man, so to speak. And be back in the White House. Yeah. And I think. just give him balloons, as I said. I want to see him <laughs> play with... I mean, his. I want somebody to look at me the way
0: Bill Clinton looks at balloons. So. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Okay. Now, I want to hear your closing argument. I mean, I feel like you've made a really great argument already, um, but... One to two minutes real quickly, if there's anybody that's on the fence, if there is a Bernie or bust, or if there is somebody that hasn't quite made that decision yet, or is just saying, you know what, I don't like either of them. I'm just not going to vote at all. What would be your closing statement to them?
1: If you don't vote, you can't complain. When you don't vote, you're giving your vote away. Um, And your vote does count. Uh, It does count. So do not be fooled into believing your vote doesn't count. If you need to vote for a third-party candidate because your convictions tell you to, yeah, you need to follow your convictions. I just think you need to carefully consider uh, the facts. And you need to realize that, unfortunately, politics are not just about what you want. They're also about compromise and what is best for the greater good. And in this case, I think Hillary is the greater good. Donald Trump is a man who has proposed banning all Muslims from the United States. This is an inherently anti-American proposal. Uh, Muslims have been here since day one. Unfortunately, the first Muslims in America were slaves. Uh, But Muslims also fought alongside George Washington uh, during the Revolutionary War. The first country to recognize the U.S. as an independent nation was Morocco in 1777, a Muslim nation. So they've been our earliest friends. And the Constitution does not uh, approve of of such a stance, uh, of such a proposal. Uh, Trump's stance about immigrants is is one that has been recycled over and over throughout American history. There's been anti-immigrant stances in many different eras and generations against uh, Italians, against uh, Irish Catholics. Uh, It's nothing new, but it's always aggressive. Immigrants enrich America. Uh, And Hillary Clinton stands with Muslims. She stands with immigrants. She stands with Bernie supporters. She wants to listen to what we're saying she, she thanked us for our passion during her speech at the DNC. She wants to overturn Citizens United. She thinks that there's too much money in politics. She stands for women's rights. She stands, she's pro-choice. She's pro-LGBTQ rights. She's somebody that we can be proud of around the world as our leader. Trump is somebody that will definitely embarrass us. He already has. He's been endorsed by some of the most abhorrent leaders across the world. This is not somebody you want representing you, and you don't want to risk not voting and allowing that to happen.
0: Awesome point. I mean, that said it all, and that—I mean, I wasn't really on the fence, but I mean, if I was, yeah. that would have solved me. Well, I hope so. I mean,
1: I get it. you got to follow your convictions, but no. you really need to think about the consequences of this.
0: One thing that I really did like that you said was— I think I've often heard people when they talk about Hillary and Trump deciding between the lesser of the two evils. And I like that you said that she would be the greater good.
1: Yes. It's not about lesser evil. You know, that's a glass uh, half full, right? Uh, a half empty uh, right, perspective. Right, right. I'm at the glass half full. It's about compromise. You, you, you don't always get what you want. And, you know, even Bernie Sanders said on, along the campaign trail, hey, I know the things that I'm proposing are big, but that's because change doesn't happen overnight. You have to think big. And work day and by work day by day it. by yeah. day. Not me. Not any candidate. Not any president would change things overnight. If they're t- if they're trying to sell that to you, in many ways, Trump is when he said, "I alone can fix this." Right. You better you better you know beware what they're trying to sell you. So I think everyone really needs to think about this.
0: I agree. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag No Filter. Thank you so much, John, for coming out. I mean. This was a great interview. Thanks for having me. If it's people to want to learn more, where can they go? Where can they read Elite Daily? Uh, elite daily.com, uh,
1: Follow us at Elite Daily on Twitter. Uh, follow us at Elite Daily on Facebook. And yeah,
0: keep and, informing yourself. And what about? Do you have a Twitter handle or an yeah, Instagram? Yeah, at JC Um It's J C H A
1: L T I W A N G E R. Sorry for the mouthful. <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher if you have an Android or listen at the networkstudios.com. Don't forget to follow me at JustPlainZach across all social media platforms and listen every Wednesday to hashtag nofilter with Zach Peter. I got to run, but I will be back and we have a lot more of the election to talk about next week. So get ready. Bye.